My name is Ben. I have the privilege of, of leading this stunning church, uh, the greatest church in the world. But I'm a bit biased, but it is. So we're looking at a topic today called giving God the best. And every year before First Fruit Sunday, we like to take um, a talk during the gathering to just explain what First Fruits is why it still applies to us today, and the meaning of it. So on Sunday, the 11th of February, which is in two weeks' time, can you believe it's like nearly the end of January? Where did that go? I don't know. But in two Sundays' time, we're going to have First Fruit Sunday. It's one of the best Sundays in the year. Who loves First Fruit Sunday? Come on. Hey, we could do better than that. Everyone's thinking, oh, it's not that good because no one's too... Who loves First Fruit Sunday? Come on. It's fantastic, isn't it? Um... Uh, and it's great because of what it is. It's a time of celebration and thanksgiving and hope and faith. And it's a time where we get to come together and give a radical, above and beyond, generous offering to God as a way to worship Him. And that's in two Sundays' time. So if you're booking holidays after today, I'll know why, all right? I'm just saying. That's two Sundays' time. And um, we have produced a little magazine for everybody. That's right. And the team have done a great job with this. Um, this is something that we've written ourselves, and it basically explains first fruits, and um, it's got some of my own personal stories in there, uh, and our family, how we do things, and, and my own revelation of, of finance and giving. And so, what we wanted to do is put it on paper for you to take it home, read it, and let God stir you and speak to you in the way that He will. Um, and so on your way out, you're going to be given one of these. It's one per family. Um, but if you are um, a person here on your own, then you are a family. So you can take one, don't worry. And uh, we're going to be sending an e-version out to you as well. So really hope that encourages you and explains um, a lot, really, our heart behind it, our history and uh, the biblical context. So today is just basically a little bit of a walkthrough of that little magazine. Um, so I'll just highlight a few things in there, and at the end, I'm going to pray God's blessing over your life. So, First Fruit Sunday, 11th of Feb, and that's a day where we give an offering to God. And, and I love First Fruit Sunday uh, because um, on that day, there's tons of worship, there's tons of singing. Afterwards, we have a massive picnic, right? It's called the feast, but let's be honest, people, it's just a big fat pig, uh, picnic, you know, picnic. <laughs> Maybe it's a little bit for someone like me. So we all bring food and we set up tables. And it's dead messy. It's fantastic. Um, and when we come on the Sunday, we put a pledge down. And that pledge is basically to say over the next eight weeks, this is my first roots offering. And we do that so that it just maximize, maximizes your gift so you can give more. Especially if you're giving from your business, it kind of t- trickles over the uh, April tax deadline. Uh, but on that day, it's really about us coming back to the principle of giving God the best. And I want to take you to the first ever first fruits in the Bible. So would you turn to me to turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 26. If you don't know how to spell Deuteronomy, neither do I. Just a predictive text in your Bible app, yeah, just DEU and then it'll tell you where to go. Deuteronomy chapter 26. This is one of the first books in the Bible. And, uh, and this is where first fruits began. Before um, Israel was a recognized nation, they were the people of God. They'd had left Egypt, left slavery, uh, and Moses had led them out. And, and they're now in a position where they're wandering around the desert, waiting to get to the promised land. So Deuteronomy 26, verse 1, and it will be on screen if you haven't found it already. 
When you come into that, uh, the land that the Lord your God is giving you for inheritance and taken possession of it and live in it, you shall, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of your ground, which you have harvested from your land that the Lord your God is giving you, and you shall put it in a basket, and you shall go to the place that the Lord your God will choose to make his name to dwell there. Verse 3. And you shall go to the priest who is in the office, who, who is in office at that time, and say to him, I declare today that the Lord your God, that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket from your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall make response before the Lord your God. And this is what each person that was given the first fruit was meant to say as they were giving it. But don't worry, we're not going to make anyone say it. All right, here, it's not going to be some weird chanting thing. But this is what they used to say. A wandering Aramean was my father. That's Abraham, who is the, the sort of the forefather of the nation of Israel. And he went down into Egypt and sojourned there, few in number, but there became a nation, great, mighty, and populous. And the Egyptians treated us harshly and humiliated us and laid on us hard labor. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil and our oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great deeds of terror, with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And behold, now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground, which you, O God, have given me. So hundreds, thousands of people would recite that person after person after person. And then he says, and you shall set it down before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. And you shall rejoice. And you shall rejoice in all the good that the Lord your God has given to you and your house, you and the Levite and the sojourner who is among you. Stunning, stunning picture. And I'm going to explain why it's so good. So first fruits is scattered in a few different feasts in the Old Testament, but the one we focus on is something called the Feast of Weeks. And the reason why it's called the Feast of Weeks is because you would feast over a period of weeks, okay? Or, in their language, it was called Shavat, Shavat. And what farmers used to do is when they had the field and the crops started to ripen, and these could be pomegranates, olives, uh, wheat, a whole mixture of different fruits and, and, and barleys, um, and they would walk around the fields and they would tie tiny ribbons on when they found the best of that first fruit. So it wasn't quantifiable. It wasn't like a tenth or a tithe that it's a set 10%. It was, it was based on the harvest, the abundance that they had. And they would take time and go to every inch of the field and every branch and bushel and stalk and they would find the best. And tie these little ribbons on so they, when they came back they remembered where they, where they found it. And I'm praying for the same intentionality about our giving as way. As a church community, that same effort that me and my wife do where we look at our bank accounts, where we check what we're willing to sacrifice this year in order to give God our best. That we're looking at it and thinking, yes, we can give of this our first abundance over these first two or three months in order to give it to God. Because there's power in giving God the best. And in the book of Exodus, chapter 23, it says this, The best of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. It is 
the best. If you give anything your best, it's going to succeed. You know that, don't you? If you started this year thinking, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to get a six-pack, I'm going to look fit, I'm going to do it. But then right now, it's, what is it, the 28th of January, and you've been twice, but you've now got a gym membership, you know? You didn't quite give it your best, you know what I mean? If you, if, if you want a relationship to work, you've got to give your best to that person, your best time, your best energy, your best focus, the best of yourself, and it's going to work. But if you just give the last bit to a relationship, the bit that's right at the end, with no consideration, it's not going to work. And it's the same principle here. When we give God the best, it works. So the three qualities um, of first fruits are simply this. Number one, first fruits is about thanksgiving. It's about giving God thanks. At first fruits Sunday, we get to retell a story. Each of our stories is different. And for these guys here, they told the story year after year after year, season after season, where they would say, we ended up in Egypt as slaves, or God brought us out of slavery into a land of freedom. That's essentially the story they're telling. Now, I get it. I don't think you've ever been enslaved to the ancient Egyptians. I don't think so. But friend, let me tell you, we've all been a slave to something. We've all been a slave to something. For me, it was self for me, it was self-promotion. For me, it was self-indulgence. It was all about the self. And when I came to Jesus, he led me out of that slavery and into a land of freedom where I don't need to work for anyone's approval. I don't need to work for affirmation. I can get, I can get up here and stand and I can, I can speak God's word and I don't worry because he judges me. No one can judge me here on earth other than God. And I'm totally free. Yeah, I still struggle. Yeah, I've still got to fix a harvest. Yeah, I've still got to work. But guess what? I'm not where I was. I'm not where I was. I'm not in slavery anymore. I'm set free. And First Roots is an opportunity for us to come before God and say, thanks. Thanks, Jesus. You're doing a great job. <laughs> I might not, I might not get it all. I might not see it all. But Jesus, thank you. So what are you thankful for? If you feel like there's nothing to be thankful for last year, then I'm sorry, you totally missed what God was doing. God is a good God. He's a great God. And this whole creation is suspended within the hand, his hand, his will. And he's always bringing us back to the Garden of Eden. First fruits gets us to zoom out. Instead of just living week to week, we get to zoom out and consider what God did last year. Thank him. Thank him for the harvest that we are now about to reap. Thank him for the goodness that he's about to do based on his faithfulness last year. It says in the Psalms, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. And friend, there is no better way than to start a new year than giving him thanks and giving him praise because he is a good, good God. Amen. So what are you thankful for? And that's why the set list looks a bit different. The kids stay in with us. It's a slightly shorter gathering because we all get really fat afterwards by eating each other's food. But there's tons of singing and there's prayer and there's declaration. So number one, it's about thanksgiving. Number two, first fruits is about celebration. We celebrate what God's done. We celebrate everything in our own lives. And then as you've heard Haley and Dan share that story before, we celebrate with others. We stir one another up, realizing that this great big story of his that is unfolding, it is so, so good. 
Now, instead of doing the same job twice, what I thought I'd do is just read you a little bit of an excerpt about what the celebrations look like in the Feast of Weeks. So get yourself comfy, relax. Are you feeling comfortable? Okay, I shall begin. I wish we could travel back in time to see these original first fruits offerings happen before our eyes. We could only imagine what the atmosphere was like on that day. Witnessing pilgrims from all regions of the land pitch up around the temple, smelling the aroma of fruits and grains filling the winding streets and filling the air. We'd sense the mood of joy and catch the hope as people discuss their abundance and yields. From dawn to dusk, the temple being filled with worship and the homes being filled with community. Imagine standing beside the small gatherings of people feasting together, swapping stories and sharing ideas, families reuniting, old friends getting reacquainted, hearing the jubilant music provide a soundtrack to the nationwide Shavat, bumping into various musicians that littered the neighborhoods, playing joyful hymns and the children dancing along with them, lapping up the unexpected ruckus. All this vitality complementing the actual practice of first roots from the farmers and landowners. Watching as person after person walked the main road, carrying baskets of the choicest fruits and grains in their arms. Striding toward the steps of the temple entrance with smiles on their faces. Joining hundreds of their friends and family perform the same Thanksgiving offering. Imagine soaking in all the cultural richness of the day of first roots filling up the soul as they gave the best of the first crops they had harvested. Imagine the presence of God that must have been with them. The joyful thanksgiving, the glorious celebration, the radical faith, the unrestrained jubilee. And although we sadly cannot travel back in time to those early festivities, as way we seek to create this environment each year when we gather to give our own first fruits to God. We desire to create an irresistible atmosphere of praise, which is a sweet aroma to God. To share a sense of hope and share our abundance with each other. To sing and to dance in the most freeing ways. To enjoy this new spiritual family that God has given to each of us and to feast together. To remember who we are, a free people, no longer bound to a life of slavery. To remember whose we are, and who we will always belong to no matter what. To remind one another that, God, that as God gave us everything we have, he deserves at least the best of it. This is where the principle of first fruits began. We live in a cancel culture, a culture of greed, a culture of fear, but First Roots is an opportunity for us to stand as brothers and sisters and say, no, this is not the kingdom of God. We will celebrate. We will shout his praise. We will stand on our feet and we will get more undignified in this because it's his kingdom come. His will be done. And that looks weird. It's okay. It looks so strange to get happy about giving money away. We've all been stopped by Oxfam on the street recently. We've all been stopped by good will people who just want to make a difference. But you are not donating to a good cause. You are declaring God's goodness. You're saying, I declare that I was a slave and now I'm free. That I was bound up, but now I've got a life of liberty. And we're going to say, thank you, Lord. We're going to celebrate together in the most outrageous ways. 
And we often, I often get this question, Ben, why doesn't Wade do vision offerings? You know, you might have gone to other churches and been like, you know, they do a vision offering. You know, this is what we're going to do in the next 12 months. And this is what you're going to go and buy a brick or, you know, do this, buy a church. And there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, there'll be time where we're going to do some projects, especially our five in ten. You know, the stuff we want to do as a church, planting churches, opening up a Christian counseling center, uh, creating a creative studio. There'll be time for that. But my argument is this. Show me a vision offering in the Bible. Show me a vision offering in the Bible. Hey, look, we'll do, we'll do stuff, project, we'll raise money and all that stuff. But First Fruits is a radical shift away from a transactional Christianity where I give you, God, this and you're going to give me this. Where I give my pastor, my leaders this and they're going to provide a service for me. No, it's much deeper than that. It is based on covenant, not transaction. It is based on you before God, giving your first to him. And that's kind of got nothing to do with me, thank God. Because me and my family, were going to give our own best. We have to move away from some of the westernized thinking. This is not charity, this is church. And it's different. It's different. So my first point is show me a vision offer in the Bible. And the second one is you're not giving it to the staff. You're giving it to God. That's your business between you and him. You give to God through his church. And even though the church gets the benefit, the staff, the leaders here get the benefit of stewarding all that finance that we're blessed with through your generosity, we can celebrate together like never before. That if I give my first fruits and you give yours and, and lots of us, hundreds of us do that. And whether it's tens of pounds, hundreds of pounds, whether it's thousands of pounds or tens of thousands of pounds. Listen, it doesn't matter. It's whatever the best is to you. And we pool that money and we say, Lord, what do you want to do in this town? What do you want to see in this town? Already. Last year, through your giving, we were able to start a student ministry in the church. Through your giving, we have over 2,000 members of the community grocery. We've given 700 hampers away in order to bless hungry families. We're able to create the best flipping church staff team in this country. And I know a few. I'm not going to say you, but I'll tell you, you've got a great team here, let me tell you. We're able to weather the storm of high inflation costs. You can imagine your mortgage going up. Imagine this mortgage going up. Do you know what I mean? But your generosity made sure that this church did not step back, but step forward. It did not slow down. It sped up. And I tell you, the need just gets greater. The opportunity gets greater. But we celebrate. We say thank you for all those that give. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because every change, every new person that comes in, they don't realize that it is backed and funded by people just like you. So thank you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for being generous each year in First Fruits. Why don't you give yourselves a round of applause, eh? That's it. And towards the end of the year, um, we're going to be getting up and sharing about that five in ten. What we're going to do about planting churches, this studio. What are we going to do about this counseling centre? We're going to be reporting to you guys and, and showing you what at least the plan looks like over the next few years. And, um, and also we're going to be looking at more uh, better reporting out to the church so you'll get more updates and see what's going on as the year, year happens because transparency is so, so important. In the book of Numbers, chapter 28, it says this. On the day of first fruits, when you offer a grain offering of new grain to the Lord at your feast of weeks, you shall have 
a holy convocation. A holy convocation. And you shall not do any ordinary work. Friends, on Sunday the 11th of February, it is no ordinary work. It is no ordinary Sunday. It is absolutely a celebration. So Thanksgiving, celebration, and lastly, faith. First fruits is about faith. Consider what it was like for an Israelite who had no welfare system, no NHS. I mean, I think we've still got an NHS, I think, but they didn't have one. They didn't have any security. Think about it, right? These people who had a field, went around, chose the best of the fruits, and gave it to God with no guarantee how the rest of that harvest was going to turn out, right? No wonder people think Christians are mental. Because it is, isn't it? You know what I mean? But this is the point. We don't wait till the end of the year and give God whatever's left. We give him the first. We give him the best of that first. Because it's in faith. After this day, First Fruits Day, the Feast of Weeks lasted quite some time. Maybe I think maybe seven weeks, I can't quite remember. And over that time, the rest of the harvest would ripen, right? And, they, and in that time, the weather would be very changeable, a bit like living in Wigan. One minute it's rainy, one minute it's cold, one minute it's hot, one minute it's blah, 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 right? And so they were totally dependent on the weather. Too much rain affects the crops. Too much sun affects the crops. But yet their posture of faith is regardless of how this harvest is going to turn out, I know you've got me. I know you're my Jehovah Jireh. I know you're with me. And so they would give. And I identify with that now more than ever. You know, money, the cost of living, inflation. There's like a fear atmosphere at the minute in the world. I could get it now more than ever. And especially having two kids as well, there's implications on whatever me and my wife do with our finances. But I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this to you. Listen, you don't need to compromise with God. It's not about amounts. It's about heart. In any financial decision, you either fall to the level of your fear or rise to the level of your faith. In any financial decision, big or small, you either fall to the level of your fear or rise to the level of your faith. And I want you to know that me as the leader here, I'm not going to give in fear. I'm going to give in faith. And I'm not saying that to boast. I'm saying that because whoever's on this stage, whether it's a singer, a preacher, a leader, they have to lead by example. We can manage without some luxuries if it means we give the best to God. I'm not going to compromise on my giving. I'm going to rise to the level of my faith. You know, someone asked me the other day, do you ever feel like guilty asking people to give money? And I'm like, no, for two reasons. One, because I, I give. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm doing it, if you know what I mean. So I feel like, yeah, I'm good. You know, I've covered myself here. I'm living by example. And the second thing is, for me, when you give, it's an opportunity for God. Like when you give anything, it doesn't matter if it's money, whether it's time, whether it's your, your prayer life, whether it's your giving, you're giving an opportunity for him to bless you, to bless other people. And you might be wondering, Ben, why do you feel so bold on this topic? Well, I want to tell you why I feel really bold. Or as my friend texted me this morning, he said, be bold, but auto-corrected said, be bold. So I thought, well, I'm on the way with that one, so I'll just be bold, shall I? The, the, word, the word first fruits is the word bickering, bickering. And it doesn't mean, oh, everyone's bickering. No, it's bickering. 
And bikarim can be translated two ways. The first way is first fruits, or the second way is this, the promise to come. Guys, there is a promise to come. Oh, there is such a promise for you and your children and your family, for your career. There's a promise to come for our friends. And in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, it says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth. This year, guys, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. And then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. It's not the other way around. It's not your barns are going to be filled with plenty and your vats are going to be bursting with you new wine if you honor the God. It doesn't say that. It's the other way around. When you honor him, when you give him the best, bursting comes, plentiful comes. The windows of heaven are opened and you are blessed. To every pound you give, there is a promise attached. And it is his promises, not mine. It is his promises. And his promises are always yes and amen. When these guys started doing first fruits, I'm just waiting for the band to come up. Like, this is great. I'll just keep going until they're, uh, till they're here. So, um, oh, the Dustin's running up now. They're like, quick, get him off. Um, when they first instituted first fruits, um, they weren't in the promised land yet. They weren't there, but yet they were worshipping him as if they were. And in the message version of Deuteronomy chapter 26, a guy called Eugene Peterson says, um, he translates it as this, uh, that when you declare, you say, Lord, so here I am. I have brought the best of what I've got. Here I am. And that's a little bit of the spirit we need to carry on Sunday the 11th. I'm not in Egypt anymore, but I'm not in the promised land, but here I am. My career is not where it was, but it's not where I know I need to go, but here I am. My health is better than it was, but it's nowhere near where I know God has promised me, but here I am. It is a declaration. And as we stand and declare that here I am, we say, the, we say this, the world couldn't grind me down and Satan couldn't shut me up. So here I am. I'm just going to say that again. Because often what happens is when you see the undignified on stage, when you see someone getting out of the comfort zone and getting a bit louder and just getting a bit whatever, we often think, oh, that was interesting. Yes, well done. Great, don't do it again. Great. But first fruits is a radically undignified process. You know King David uh, in the Bible, when they rescued the Ark of the Covenant back from some enemies, do you know he ran out into the streets like near enough naked? The king, right? Imagine if King Charles did that, you'd be like, yeah, section that lad, he needs some help, you know, power's gone to his head. King David runs out and he starts dancing, whether it's like the Irish jig, I don't know. I'm part Irish, not really. Or whether it was whatever, and his wife kicks off. She's like, you know, and your wife does that at the dinner table, and you're like, don't tell that joke, stop it, stop it. Just wait till we get in the car. It was that kind of moment, and it was Michael. 
and uh, she was kicking off. And do you know what King David said? He said, look, sweetheart, I will get even more undignified. Don't you dare say that was too much because anything I give him will never be enough because Jesus is the promise to come. He's the fulfillment. I could give him it all and it wouldn't be enough, but he only asked for my best. So if I look a bit weird, hey, so be it. I don't care. I don't care what I look like in front of you. I just care what I look like in front of him. And I want to say thank you. I want to celebrate. And I want to have faith for the harvest to come. Because there is a promise to come. So I'm going to say it again. When we come together, we're saying this. The world couldn't grind me down. And Satan couldn't shut me up. So here I am. So you might be wondering what First Fruits is. First Fruits is this. First Fruits is a seasonal offering where we give the best to God with a spirit of thanksgiving, celebration, and faith. That, my friend, is the power and principle of First Fruits. Amen. Do you receive that? I receive that for myself. Why don't you jump to your feet? I want to pray for you all.